This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of The Overcomers, God's Vision for You to Thrive in an Age of Anxiety and Outrage, written and narrated by pastor and best-selling author Matt Chandler, and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Welcome to the Crafting Character Podcast. Steve Carter here, and in association with my good friends at Preaching Today, The Ascent Leader, and Food for the Hungry, I bring you a podcast with the one and only Erwin Raphael McManus. Erwin McManus is the lead pastor at Mosaic Church in Hollywood, California. He's a writer, a teacher, a fashion designer. Uh, he, he is uh, someone who has greatly, greatly influenced many of us in the art of communication. This podcast is a conversation that I think is going to help you get better at the craft of teaching. Uh, he, he breaks down these key frequencies that every preacher needs to know about. Welcome, the one and only Erwin McManus. Well, my friends, I am so excited to introduce you to someone you all you all know you've read his books you you know he's uh, hands down one of um, the greatest communicators on the planet and truth be told uh, when I was a college student I used to go on Sunday nights to this nightclub and I would bring uh, some of my my guys on my college basketball team I would tell them um, hey you got to come to this club with me and um, I would bring them out from Cal State Fullerton and uh, they'd walk in and they'd hear uh, Pastor Irwin just deliver a message. And there's, there's just been from day one, um, every time I've sat at Mosaic, every time I've heard Irwin come, whether to Willow or to a conference, uh, I always walk away both frustrated a little bit because how easy he makes it look, uh, but my mind absolutely blown by the new idea, the new revelation, the new courage, the newfound um, faith that I can have in Christ. And um, I'm just super honored. Erwin, uh, you've been a, a brother, a friend, a mentor, a pastor of mine for so many years. Thanks for joining us on the Crafting Character Podcast. It's good to be here with you, Steve. Yeah. Well, I, I want to jump in because you released uh, earlier this year mm-hmm. something that called the art of communication. And again, you've been, you've been pastoring for so many years. And I, I imagine people had been begging you for some masterclass for so many years, but, but give us a little bit of the Genesis. Where did this come out of and why now? Well, ironically, the person who's been bugging me the most is my wife (laughs) and uh, Kim um, and I've been married for 38 years and we met while we were getting our master's degrees and uh, she's a communicator and, you know, we've been doing this together for all these years, but she's just always just bugged me. Either write a book or do something. And I go, well, I don't know if people are going to read a book about communication. And uh, and then when I started watching master classes, and, you know, the first one I watched was actually Steph Curry shooting three-pointers. Because yes. that's what I care about is I just <laughs> want to improve my three-pointer. <laughs> and, uh, and then I started watching some film directors uh, because I, I love directing film and 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 I started realizing, you know, watching Chef's Table and learning from the greatest chefs in the world. Um, 
that I actually loved learning from the best. And it didn't matter whether it was in the world of fashion design or chefing or, um, you know, filmmaking or writing. Uh, I was actually really grateful that these people were giving me access to their best thinking, their best practices, their, uh, their life experiences. And, and that really motivated me to take some responsibility and, and, and stewardship over um, what I, I felt like I was responsible to give to the world. And that was really communication. And, 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 and frankly, what I wanted to teach people first was the art of thinking. And, and I, I, I want to elevate thinking to such a higher level. And, and it's really a passion of mine. But I began to realize that, that thinking feels more ethereal, more abstract. If I can actually help people gain mastery over the art of communication, I will almost um, by um, implication begin to affect the way that we think. And so there are layers behind the art of communication. It's, it changes the way we relate to each other. It changes the transference of ideas and values and vision. It, it changes the way we think because when we learn how to communicate effectively, we learn how to write better. We learn how to think better. Um, it, 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 there are nuances that we don't even begin to um, be aware of until we begin to take it on as an art and a science. So I, I put together a six and a half hour masterclass on the art of communication. Then we did 10 weeks of live Q&A for, for the first 300 people who went through the process. And now we have 16 hours of content, which uh, for many people, the Q&A was actually uh, the most riveting part because it, it allowed them to ask questions specifically uh, generated out of the content. And, uh, and frankly, it's probably the most meaningful thing I've ever done in my life. I mean, I've written 10 books and I think that I'm able to have a greater impact through this masterclass than I am through writing books. And I, that's how much the world has changed. It's really pretty extraordinary. And, and then uh, I was mentioning to you before we even began the conversation that out of that, so this year, I've, every week I would interact with the people who were taking the masterclass. And before that, just so you can know, I would do masterclasses in my home with 12 people at a time for about 10 weeks and walk them through the process of communication and help them uh, refine their own skills and, and to really find their own voice. And so I've been doing this live for a long time before I did it on the masterclass. And, and then I started thinking about the nuances of communication, even though if I could tell you a bizarre story. Yeah, please, please. Yeah. All right. Uh, over a decade ago, I was speaking to about 5,000 people in Germany and uh, through the, um, the Will Creek um, Summit and um, the Global Leadership Summit, they do international work. So I was there speaking, I think, to about 5,000 pastors. And I, I mean, I took a year of German in high school, but I do not speak German. <laughs> and in, in the middle of my message, I'm talking to these 5,000 pastors, I make a statement, then my translator makes the statement, and I stop. And I look at the translator and I said, you did not say what I said. In fact, you said the opposite of what I said. He said, what? And I said, did you change what I said and said the opposite? He goes, but you don't speak German. And, and I said, no, I just answered the question. Did you say what I said or did you change it? He goes, I, um, I changed it. This is in front of 5,000 people on stage. And, and, I, and I said, you changed it because you didn't agree with me. You couldn't 
You couldn't accept that what I was saying is what I wanted to say. So you corrected me in your translation. But your job is not to evaluate my teaching, but to translate it. And I said, I need you just to translate what I say. And after it was over, it didn't matter what my subject was. What everyone wanted to know was, how did I know? And it really comes down to frequencies. See, what people don't realize is that when you master communication, you also master the art of listening, the art of hearing. And I, and my kids will tell you this, you know, my son's 34, my daughter's 30. Our team who's traveled the world with me will tell you, I can go to any place in the world with any language and I can uh, begin to understand what's actually being said, even though I don't speak the language. And it's because I've become so in tune to frequencies and, uh, and I, I can actually, I don't know how to explain it. I can tell what a person is saying by paying attention to the frequency of their, of their language or their words. And so I knew this man was saying the opposite of what I said because the frequency changed. And so about a month ago, I designed a process. I feel like what, what people need is a starting point. And so I've, I've designed this um, analytic called the seven frequencies of communication, where I break people down into seven different frequency approaches. And the, the hope here is to help each person first identify their core frequency and then to find out what their secondary frequencies may be. And then to learn how to access all seven frequencies. So this isn't like a personality assessment where you're an ENFP and that's what you are for your whole life, or you're an ISTJ and that's what you are for your whole life. This is you have a core frequency, but really the more developed you become as a communicator, the more you have available to you the different frequencies that are necessary to be able to speak to an audience. Because it's not simply important to know what your natural frequency is. It's important to know what the frequency of the listeners Yes. Are. Well, this is, this is amazing because if you're listening to this and you're going, wait, 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 how did you know? Like, I mean, seriously, I'll just tell you, I'm 20 years old. I'm in San Diego and I find myself at the table with Rob Bell, Francis Chan, and Erwin McManus. And Francis Chan asked this question. He goes, hey, have you guys ever been teaching and all of a sudden, like a new idea just drops in your mind and you go with it. It wasn't in any of your prep. And all of a sudden, the teaching just goes to another level without missing a beat. This is like, you know, 22 years ago. Without missing a beat, Erwin goes, you know why that happens? And Francis is like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, you know why that happens? At this moment, I'm grabbing a pen and a napkin because I know I've, I've seen Erwin do this time and time again, where all of a sudden it's like a moment stops and uber clarity comes. And he says this, I'll never forget it. He says, because when you're prepared, you give more freedom to the spirit to move and you can be more attuned to what's actually happening in the room instead of your notes. And I just, I think now you're talking about these frequencies. I was 20 years old sitting there and that moment, you just read it, felt that frequency, and then spoke it right there. And I, I just am like, you've done this time and time again. Where did that come from? Like, how, how, like how, that, I think that's the piece is most people don't, th this, this frequency course that you're about to drop is so fascinating, but 
did you just grow up as a kid having this ability? Like what, where, where did you first realize this? Well, it's interesting. There, there are all these like cultural phenomenons like the Haramatara Indians in Mexico who run 70 miles a day because they don't know that you're not supposed to. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so they run everywhere they go every day and even the children do. It's just, a, and so what we would consider to be almost like supernatural is just natural for them. Wow. And what I find is that people who grew up oftentimes in really complex, um, even maybe like volatile or dangerous environments, learn to listen at a higher level of clarity. And um, in fact, I, I find oftentimes even people who grew up with alcoholic uh, parents or one parent who's uh, had struggles with addiction, they learn how to read a room differently, learn how to listen to nuances differently. And if you're around people who have um, disconnected intention with where their words are saying one thing, but their intention is saying another, you actually begin to learn how to hear the nuances between the words and the intention. Wow. And so it, it, in some ways on a basic level, it's a survival skill. Yeah. You know? And I guess it, 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 this is the dark side. If you grow around, if you're in a, from a healthy family where everyone actually says what they mean, you probably don't develop this as rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, people just say what they mean, but, yep. but they don't. And uh, you have to learn how to hear what's not being said. And, you know, it was probably 20 years ago when I first started talking about um, the research that was done on this particular whale that now they've done a documentary where this whale is the loneliest whale in the world because he speaks and hears at 52 hertz, while other whales uh, speak and hear around 40 hertz. And so what, what's happened is this one whale, and they cannot find a, a duplicate species on the planet cannot hear any other whale. So they might be traveling in the Pacific Ocean just a few feet away from each other and they can't find each other because the frequency of all the other blue whales and all the other whales that are similar doesn't resonate with this whale. And when this whale speaks at 52 hertz, no one else can hear them. And this phenomenon became really significant to me because 20, 30 years ago, I felt like, I think that I, I, I'm a 52 hertz person and, uh, and, I, I, I don't hear 40 hertz well, and I'm not heard very well at 52 hertz. And, and I think it's why even like, you know, when I would go to like the Global Leadership Summit and, or to Catalyst or to Passion, um, I, I was always out of sync with the environment. And, and even though they valued me and they would invite me to speak, there was always like a sense of discontinuity between me and the rest of the room. And I was like, how is it possible? They invite 10 speakers and nine of them are all on the same frequency. And, uh, and then they invite me because they, they trust me and they believe in me, but they still don't really get what I'm saying. And, and I even heard this in the most interesting thing. I said something 10 years before Andy Stanley said it. And when I said it, I was called a heretic. And when Andy said it, it was called orthodoxy. Wow. And I realized, well, one, Andy's like awesome. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, yeah, so, but it's because he speaks at the frequency of most Christians who are listening. And so he can even say the same thing. And it goes at a frequency where everyone goes, oh yeah, that resonates. It's true. And I, I could, even when I say something really orthodox, I'm saying it at such a different frequency. People are like, I'm not sure if that's right or not. 
but, but okay, but speak to this because is that frequency tone? Is that frequency energy? Is that freak? What, what is that? Because, um, I mean, I, I, I've grown up listening to you. Like I, I feel like so much of, uh, how I've communicated, there's been so much just shaped by osmosis, by, you know, working at a church in the morning and then getting in my car and driving to LA on Sunday night and listening for so many years. But like, what, what, what is that where it's it somehow people can hear it? Because when you teach, it's not anger. It's not, no. it's not like a, an angry tone where you're like, oh, I can't receive. What, can, you, can you elaborate more on what that frequency difference is? Well, I, I, one of the frequencies in the seven frequencies is the frequency of a maven. And mavens are always violating your view of reality. Yeah. And, and, and so even when you're saying something that feels at the core of your belief system, it's almost as if it's, it's, it's possibly not true. And, and so when I would speak at places, they would say to me, hey, when you speak truth, everyone's going to break out in applause. And I would always say, that's not really what happens with me. Like when I say something that's true, everyone's not sure. And at first, and so it's usually really quiet when I'm uh, saying something that is most important. And, and so it's, 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 it, there's a resonance there. Yeah. But I, if I could maybe pull into a different kind of thing, like my wife, Kim, like she has a, her frequencies are, she has two like dominant frequencies. I would say one is a commander. And, and so my wife, she intrinsically speaks by telling you what to do. Yeah. It's just very natural to her. And, uh, and, and then she has this odd contrast. She also has a frequency called healer where she really is driven to heal the wounds in people. And, and so what's interesting with her is that she'll tell you to be healed. <laughs> so, you know, so it's almost like this therapeutic command that yes. comes at the same time. And so the longer you know her, the more you only experience the command. But when you're first interacting with her, what you experience is the healer. Mm. And, and so I, I thought this interesting because some of the frequencies almost feel like they're in conflict with each other, but they end up working with, with this res, resonance, you know, as you go through. And, um, and so I've been like assessing different people on our teams going, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold back which one I, I think you are. Identify yourself. And it's been amazing how um, it, it has been incredibly um, liberating and self-awareness going, no, this is who I am. And, but I'm trying to be this. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think sometimes what happens is that there are certain frequencies that we admire or frequencies that we, we um, aspire to be, but they're not the inherently natural ones for us. That's right. And, 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 and so we have to figure out, all right, how do I build my core frequency and know that this is like my best space to speak in? And, and there's some frequencies that I would say that the, there are certain frequencies that are more common and they speak to more people. Mm. And there are certain frequencies that are more rare, but they speak to fewer people. And, and, and I think that's a part of it. Like, you know, Billy Graham had a more common frequency, but millions resonated with what um, he said. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, and then maybe like Elon Musk would have more of a rare frequency and fewer people resonate. But when it resonates, it resonates at a pretty powerful level. That's so fascinating. Um, you know, I just, I just got the chance. I, I 
flew down to Columbus, Ohio. And as a Michigan fan, we don't go to Columbus unless it's for a good reason. And you were actually speaking at uh, Lewis Howe, who I know is a friend of yep. yours, great podcast. Uh, his, his kind of gathering event, conference, the whatever you want to call greatness. it. Summit great of Greatness. Summit of Greatness. Yeah, what a great name. And you, you know, this was, I mean, this was a, you probably were the only like pastor that was speaking there, right? And like everybody else there was like, you know, business leaders, very, um, you know, spiritual. They spoke about the universe. I mean, there. this was a, if you're talking about a, a frequency, the frequency was like set for Sedona, Arizona. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it was a, yeah. a, a, and yet I was so curious, how is Erwin going to be in this situation? I was, I, I wanted to see it. And you were exactly who you've always been. And I, I, I mean, you started this talk and it reminded me of a, a TED talk you gave a many, many years ago where you were talking about what's your species to study. And you, you said, my species is, is humans. And I think that's also part of the greatness that you have and your maven and your uniqueness to be able to understand a room better than anyone I know. Like you just know how to read a, a room. And even as you were saying how people don't just necessarily applause, but they, they like almost like a dog turn their head and go, huh, like that's, that makes you think. And you, you were, after you gave this amazing talk, everyone actually gave a standing ovation. I think it was like the first standing ovation that they gave was to your talk, which was amazing. Then Lewis interviews you, and I'll never forget this. He's asking, he's asking you, he's like, about faith and Jesus and pastoring. And your line back to him was like, isn't it fascinating? Whenever we talk about the universe, we, we talk about how the universe is for us. And whenever we talk about God, it's like we talk as if God is against us. And as someone in the room, somehow from a frequency level, every person, wherever they were on the spectrum of spirituality, leaned in and was like, I want to hear everything this guy has to say. And, I, and again, it was just, it's your, it's your genius. It's like the uniqueness of your ability of holding true to who you are, no matter what room you're actually in. And I just, I, I think that there's so many people who are trying to be somebody else's frequency. What do you say to that? Like if somebody is trying to be a Kim or an Irwin or some, how do you get them to say, no, 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 be this? Yeah, I think that some is, you have to realize that you actually lose your power when you try to be someone else. Wow. And you're actually most powerful when you are authentically yourself. And in that conversation with Lewis, I think what I said next to me was like really important because I said, is it, is, is it possible that it's because we don't believe if God were a person that he'd be capable of loving us? Right. And you could just feel like this, almost like a communal groan yes. in the room. Yes. And when I, I did a book signing for like an hour and a half afterwards, and I'd say half the people were crying. And, and, it's, and ironically, in that moment, what I really, uh, oh, oh, I, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I haven't told anyone this on a public level at all, but um, I had just designed the seven frequencies right before that event. And I told my, and one of the things I did in a, a conversation 
um, I had with one of our team members said, look, when I use the frequency of, of a healer, there's something really powerful and, and transformative that happens in the room because I have this sort of like maven frequency. And then when I go to this healer frequency, it, it, it confuses the room and it just mm. opens them up at a whole different level. And, but oftentimes what happens is that if I'm not really fully present, I forget. I don't actually access that frequency. And, and I told myself, I usually like to access it about three quarters of the way through my messaging. But because I, I knew this room was a different room. This room was not a, a room of Christians. This room, I, by the way, it's my favorite rooms. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And um, so I began with a healer frequency. So my opening, so, because I wanted to make sure I want to communicate at this frequency and speak to the wounds of the room and connect at a deeply empathetic level so that uh, the room knows that I know what they're going through. And so I really grounded myself and I opened up with that frequency and then moved to a maven frequency. Yes. And I don't, and I don't think people are accustomed to going through that journey. And, and so that was an example of how you can take the frequencies and actually um, process what is needed in that moment in that room and where to begin. And, you know, when you're, when you're um, underdeveloped as a communicator, you're, you, have, you have like one frequency you use as a hammer and everything's yeah. a nail, <laughs> yep. you know. And, but sometimes, you know, the room, like, you know, doesn't need a challenger, it needs a motivator. Sometimes the room doesn't need a healer. Sometimes that room needs a commander. Like, you know, you have to really pay attention to, you know, not just what I need to be for this moment, but what this room needs from me in this moment. Somebody asked Bruce Springsteen once, how do you know it's going to be a good show? And he said, I know when I walk out on stage. Uh, and I just loved that answer. Didn't had nothing to do like with the crowd, but like to, to your point to how fully present he was. Mm -hmm. And when he was fully present, then he could read what the crowd needed and where he needed to do an audible or, or shift or where to bring energy or, you know, flip from healer to Maven or maybe to healer kind of yeah. piece. Um, going back and to think about this, because I'm thinking, man, this is not just for a stage. This is for every room, every human, like your marriage. Like once you, it, it changes the way that, because I think of so many marriages where people are running at 52 hertz and their spouse is at 40 um, and they're missing each other. Like how has this helped with your engagement with your team, with your family? Uh, because all communication, life is more than a stage. Teaching is more than a stage. It's you do this, you know, when we've, you know, chopped it up over a, over a meal on a, on a roof or at a restaurant, you do this constantly. But how has this affected that one-on-one -on -one or that team communication style? Yeah, I, I mean, on a really practical level for me, um, it's helped me because I, I, I know not to put expectations on my wife or my family to communicate with me the way I communicate with them. Wow, wow. And uh, I've been married 38 years and Kim still has her primary frequency as commander. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, it's just never going to change. You, yeah. you know, that's just who she is. And, and uh, if we're trapped, she's in Malawi, Africa. And, you know, maybe I'm in, uh, you know, somewhere in South America and, uh, I'll text and go, hey, honey, how are you? I love you. And she'll go, did you make sure all the, the lights are off? <laughs> you know, 
you know, and it's it, and it helps me go. It's she's not being insensitive. This is just the way she processes all her thinking and the way she communicates first. And she has to get that out first before she can get to the next one. And, and you know, and so like my, my kids are both, I would say that they, they're in the frequency what I call a challenger. Yep. And, uh, and, you know, so they're like high challengers. They, um, I, you know, my little phrase for challengers is they call people out and they call people up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, and so, you know, they're, they're, that's just the way that they approach their communication style and the way that they um, are always engaging you. And, and they get frustrated with me. They, they go, dad, we don't need Yoda right now. <laughs> you know? Literally, my daughter has said to me, I don't want you to be a sage. I just need you to tell me what to do. Mm. And I'm like, well, let's think about, let's process. And she goes, no, just tell me what to do. But actually, ironically, being a commander is probably the, the seventh frequency for me. Yeah. And, and so I have to like find all the internal strength I can find to go tell people what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and even in my books, when I write books, um, I think they're incredibly like, um, commanding and, and, you know, they'll, the editors will read it and go, Hey, maybe you could add a section where you like tell people what's to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, well, I'm not designed like that. I want to, I want to open your eyes and help you see reality differently and, and believe that if, if I can get you through that black hole to the other side, that you'll, you'll change. Well, I, I have a moment. It was, it was a few years ago. We're in LA. It was actually right during the Mosaic conference and our good friend, Luciano, you, me, if a number of people are like seated outside, we're eating and um, Luciano, dear friend. And he, uh, he was, he was speaking up and he was like, Steve's a leader. And he was talking about me and I, I felt a little uncomfortable, but Luciano was like, Steve's a leader. You got to watch this guy lead. And, and he's telling you this and he could teach for sure, but he's a leader. Da, da, da. And I'll never forget you just saying, I hear you. I've only ever seen Steve teach. I appreciate his teaching. Um, I hear you saying he's a leader, but he's like, that doesn't matter. And then with all of the command and healing agency in you, you looked at me and goes, it doesn't matter what I think. I want to hear what Steve thinks he is. Is he a leader? Is he a teacher? And I just looked at you and I was like, I, I, I don't know. And I spent the next four hours to like 3 a.m. walking around L.A. where the conference was at because I was like, I wanted you to tell me who I was. <laughs> and you were like, nope, uh, we're in the desire standoff and you were going to have to wrestle this thing to the ground. And I just, I, again, this is that ability where you could have given me the easy answer. But that's, again, that, and you did it at the Lewis Howes Summit of Greatness, where you say a provocative thing, but most people stop there, and then you follow it up with even a more deeper healing word or poignant challenge that gets people going, I can't move on from that point. And that, that again, I think it's one of your secrets as an incredible communicator is there's like a one-two punch. It's like a boxer, but you get people to go, yeah, wow. 
And it's the next line that goes, I can't leave that. I got to sit. And, and it's like that sermon starts the conversation that's going to continue for a year or for a decade. Um, and, and, and I don't know. I just, I think that is one of those pieces t- weekend, week out. And ever I hear you teach, it's like, here comes that one, two punch. It's just what you do. I want to go back though. And for just a couple of minutes and you talked about you had 16 hours of content as people went through the art of communication and they, they were asking you questions. Maybe if there's two, was there a question that surprised you? And then what, what was like the most, you know, difficult question that kind of came in? Oh, that's good. I, I am. That's a lot of hours of content to go. Yeah. Through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Question. Um, you know, I, I think that it's more of an overarching theme of things that surprise you when uh, you realize, oh, the hardest thing to do with a communicator is to get them to not think about themselves. Wow. Like, because um, one of the things that I, I um, really tried to develop in this process is that your your frequencies, when they're healthy, are going outward, but when they're unhealthy, they're going inward. And so every frequency has a shadow. And so I think the questions that really surprised me were how much more we're interested in being a great speaker than making a great impact. Wow. Wow. And, and it's like having to move this, this, this ship where I'm really glad people are motivated to be great communicators. I think it's a really important ambition. And, but it's just like the, your motivation can't be to get rich. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to want, you have to care about a great product. And then that great product can actually create great wealth. Yeah. Yep. But if your whole focus is wealth, you're going you're gonna to be drawn to creating junk so that you can get rich. I think this is the dilemma in communication is that I would say, and I'm going to say this about Christian communication, Christian yeah. preachers. I would say Christianity is overwhelmed with cliches and that you can become famous and successful as a Christian speaker if you say the same thing in a um, motivational way uh, as a performer. And I, I would say that right now, Christian preaching is incredibly inauthentic because um, we don't have time to become ourselves. So, you, you know, how old are you, Steve? Uh, 42. Okay, you're 42, I'm 64. Now you got guys growing up, you know, you know, 26, 27, but I'd say your generation is definitely in that space where you didn't get a lot of time to get to get better without it being public. Right. But you had more time than someone who's 34. I'd say almost like right now, 35 is almost a break point. Anyone who's under 35, their first sermons, their first talks, their first public moments are ready to be dissected across social media. Yep. And, and so you don't have like a chance to be bad before you're good. Yep. And so you can accelerate faster as a performer than you can as an authentic communicator. 
And, and, and I still think, you know, you're young enough where that was actually true during your time. Yep. Like you're getting measured against people in the public space when you're getting started. Yep. And you're not even if, forget everyone else, you're measuring yourself that way. Going, if I can learn these techniques, I can, I can be successful. And, and I, I remember early on, I, uh, I, Aaron had been in New York and um, he'd been in um, a church environment there. And he came back and he learned a style from, from Hillsong. Yep. And while he was there and, uh, and it was a very, very like particular style. And, and he came back to LA and it didn't match our culture, even though he grew up here, but he learned it so fast because it's, it's strong. Yep. And I remember I said to him, Hey, say, buddy, all I want is your authentic self. And he looked at me, he said, what if my authentic self is inauthentic? (laughs) 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 And I just thought this is why he's so much, uh, so interesting as a human being. And, but I think what he's saying basically was true uh, because most of the preachers that he was influenced by became famous with a persona. Yep. And, uh, and that persona is not who they are off the stage. And so he was now in a world where if you don't pick up this persona, you're going to be measured by your person against a persona and it doesn't look as exciting. Wow. Wow. And I will say one of the things I really like about you, Steve, is that um, you're a very authentic person and you're an authentic communicator. And that's why when you came here to Mosaic, people loved you. Uh, thanks, man. Well, I'll say this. What, my, my one example of what you're talking about is, you know, when I played basketball and I'd go out in the driveway and shoot, nobody came and watched me. I was just practicing. Nobody saw how many layups I missed with my left hand. Nobody saw how many free throws I missed. But that, those early years... You know, I started out at Mars Hill in Grand Rapids and there's 3,000 people who are watching me practice. And that's, you know what I mean? It's just a different kind of thing. And I love how you talked about that. Um, I, I, I listen to you speak right now in this podcast and I'm like, when is this frequency thing coming out? And how do I get it? Because like, I'm all I wanted. I, <laughs> so you've recorded this? Is this, is this becoming yeah. live? Yeah, in fact, I've given you probably more information on the seven frequencies than I've given anyone. <laughs> I know, I haven't heard any of this at all. I'm like, where do I get it? Give me the code right now. I want it now. This is amazing. I, for my listeners, how, how do they get this? Well, um, we're going to release it in the next couple of weeks. We filmed okay. it about a month ago. And it's about two and a half hours of content. Awesome. And it, uh, I think, if well, the safest way of getting it is go to my Instagram, Erwin McManus. And the moment it comes out, we'll put a link there. Perfect. And then people can link right there and go uh, pick it up. And I actually think that the seven frequencies is a great place to start and then go back and pick up the art of communication. That's amazing. And and the art of communication, that remind me, that's like six and a half hours of content? Six six and a half hours of of masterclass and then 10 hours of Q&A. That's amazing. Friends, I'm just telling you... uh, I'll have a link to Pastor Irwin's teachings. Um, many of you are already following him. Uh, but as you just heard on this podcast, what he can bring 
in just a few minutes with a question, even just making you look at frequencies, then never the same. Um, I'm just telling you, I'm so excited. I will be waiting expectantly for that to, to go purchase and uh, to learn more. Hey, Pastor Erwin, thank you so much just for the time, just for who you are. And uh, yeah, is there anything else you have coming up? I, I, I heard like a, I heard that you were like on, on Instagram that you were writing chapters. Is there a, a new book at some point you got coming or you, you, you finished you know, the manuscript? Right now, um, in fact, I was talking to my daughter, Mariah, this morning. I said, I'm having so much fun. I mean, I just came back from New York. I've just designed my next collection. Come on. And I'm really excited. I love designing clothes and I love that creative process. And, um, and I do that with Aaron. And then I have a book coming out. Um, it won't come out till September, but I'm, I just got back all the editorial notes. So I'm going to finish it up and finish editing. It's, it's uh, going to be really, I think, a really special book. And, um, and then um, we have our conference coming up in a week or so. Well, this all have already aired. We just had our conference last yeah. week. And, um, and I'm, I'm excited by getting that going again. And uh, yeah, so I'm just excited. And, but really, to be honest with you, I think the, uh, the whole universe of creating the School of Communication is probably the most significant thing I'm giving myself to. And Aaron and I have this podcast called Battle Ready that we do every single week that I love doing with him. It is, it is one of the best podcasts of how raw and you two are just, I mean, it's must-see or must-listen TV because it's just like, I love the two of you. I love your relationship. love the way that you challenge him. He challenges you. It's unbelievable talking about incredible topics. I'll just say this and then we'll be done. Uh, thanks for continuing at 64 to keep pushing yourself to be better. I think so many people in their thirties, they just plateau. I just feel like every year you just keep taking risks. You keep, um, I don't know. There's just a courage that you have that, to make, to put yourself out there, to write, to do a masterclass, to just, uh, consistently create better stuff. And I, that's so inspiring to me. Um, and I just so grateful for you, man. So thanks for joining us on the Crafty Character Podcast, bro. Hey, thank you so much. God bless. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to the Crafting Character Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it, subscribe, rate it, give us a review. We love all of that. And, and check out, like Erwin said, his Instagram page so that you can learn when the seven frequencies of communication drops so that you can be the first to dive in and grow as a preacher and teacher and communicator. Thanks so much for tuning into the Crafting Character Podcast. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Grace and peace. This episode was brought to you in part by the Truce Podcast. The new season examines the connection between some evangelicals and the Republican Party with the help of world-class historians. Subscribe to Truce in your podcast app or listen at trucepodcast.com.